And uh, it says God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. It's from the message version. It's a very popular scripture. Um, it's in Second Corinthians. We're going to read there from beginning from verse number 14 through 21. But the capture there and the epiphany we want to look at is that God has given us a task. And the task he has given unto us is to tell everyone what he is doing. Amen? And so we're going to take time to really look into this. See, I, I've, I've been in church for a while. I've had so many messages. I've read so many. Um, I've preached some. I've, you know, shared some. Um, and all of those things are wonderful. But when an epiphany jumps at you from the scripture or from a message, it is, there's always an aha moment. It will always seem as if you've learned nothing. Everything you've learned all your life or you've known all your life about God, all of a sudden, you're going to say, oh, God, help us. It will always, <clears throat> almost seems as if you've learned nothing. I don't know if anyone felt that way sometimes. Sometimes I will see an epiphany, and it will almost be like, what? And when I begin to think back about maybe what I've shared with people or you know, what I've learned, and it's like, oh, God, help us. Because at that moment, you're going to be you know, overwhelmed. Amen? So my desire and my prayer today as we go through this is that an epiphany will jump at you from the word of God and will help you to either confirm or invalidate some or all of the things that you might have learned in the past. Amen? That's, that's, that's my prayer. So we want to look at that. The Father God has given us a task. And the task is very simple. Telling everyone. I want you to understand everyone. Telling everyone what he is doing. That's what God wants us to do. Sons and daughters of the living God. Everyone who is born again. Everyone that the Lord God Almighty has shed his blood on his or her behalf. And those that are yet to come into the fold. God has given one task. And that task is telling everyone what he is doing. So the challenge is, if I don't know what he is doing, guess what? I'm going to be telling people garbages. That's a possibility. Is that right? So we will try and look at what is God doing. We want to understand the task. What is he doing? That he wants me to tell everyone about. 
Because without understanding that, there's a problem. And, you know, like I said, and, and, and I think that's, that's one of the major problems with the church of Christ. But let me just tell you, whether we get it right or we get it wrong, there's one thing that is clear. God has said in his word, I have built my church and the gate of hell will never prevail. So it does not matter what I do right or what I do wrong, what you do right or what you did wrong, whatever it is, the gate of hell cannot prevail. Whatsoever God desire to do, he is going to do it. Nothing can stop it. I just want us to know that. Nothing can stop the plan of God. So guarantee, irrespective of what, you know, we might have done wrong or what we might, you know, have done right. Amen? So I'm going to, you know, just, I believe I'm going to start from Second Corinthians. And I want to, you know, look at um, that scriptures. And um, from there we will um, look at the book of Luke and the book of uh, Luke 9 and Luke 10. I think those will be the test we will use. But I want to uh, ensure that I set a good foundation. Let's look quickly. Um, actually, let's read Ephesians. Ephesians first. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 8 through verse 10. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 8 um, from verse Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 8. Um, if you're there, you can... Um, technical difficulty, so let me go ahead and... It's up. Okay. Um, saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It is God's gift from start to finish. We don't play a major role. If we did, we'll probably go around bragging that we've done the whole thing. Very true. Now, verse 10. No, no we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both and make, uh, the making and saving. He creates each of us, Christ Jesus by Christ Jesus to join in the work he does. I want you to pay attention to that. The reason why we got born again, the reason why God created us, God is saying he created us in Christ Jesus because we're created in Christ Jesus and that's what we call salvation. He created us in Christ Jesus. We're born again so as to join him in the work he does, the good work he has gotten ready. For us to do what we had better be doing. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So from before the foundation of the earth, before Jesus came to the scene, we know, based on the teaching we've heard, we were in Christ Jesus. So when Jesus came, when he was crucified, we were in him. And God is saying the reason why we became born again, the reason why we're now created in Christ Jesus is so that we can join him in the work he does. So we're going to be co-laborers. We're going to be a team. Hallelujah. 
I was in one, <laughs> I was in one uh, class recently, and the teacher gave me the definition of a team. And it kind of shattered everything I've learned and read about team. You know? And he said that if a team don't share a common goal, then it is not a team. So for any group to be called a team, then they must have a shared common goal. So to be in Team Jesus camp, you have to have a shared common goal. That's what God is saying here. To join him in what he is doing. There is a goal. There is a common goal that you're going to join him to accomplish. Amen? So you become Team Jesus. Amen? That's why we are created. That's why we became born again. Hallelujah. Are you with me so far? And so, I think most of us will understand that. We've heard about evangelism. We've heard about mission. We've heard about, you know, there have been books that have been written. There are prophet, bishop, you know, all over the world. They've, they've said so many things. Yeah. What are you saying, dog? We know that. Yeah. Amen. But I think something is fundamentally wrong. And it is affecting the kingdom of God. The productivity that God is looking for. I'm not concerned about what is wrong. I'm more concerned about what is right. Amen? So we might look at, you know, what is wrong, but that's not going to help us. What is right? Amen? So that's what we want to, you know, pay attention to. So we're going to take time to look at the task briefly. Understanding the task. And I'm going to... I'm going to... Let's, let's jump to Luke chapter 9. Because if we can at least accomplish that today, that would be great. Um, we, this is going to be like, we're going to talk about the understanding the task. We're going to look at the strategy. Because if you ask me to do something, I need to know how. See, how do I do it? How do I do it? And I, and I think that's, that's a key point. Um, understanding the task is very critical. Because once that is settled, if all we get from this is that, I guarantee you, the rest we fall in. So the strategy that I've used, and I've seen many people, many people use, the strategy I was introduced to several years ago, right, that I've taught people and I've shared with people about, I think something is wrong with it. And we will see that. Amen? But let's just look at the task itself. Let's go back to Luke chapter 9. I'm going to start. Uh, let's see if we can skim through this. Luke chapter 9 from verse number 1. Um, okay, Jesus now called the twelve and gave them authority and power to deal with all the demons and cure diseases. He commissioned them to preach the good news, uh, the, to preach 
the news of God's kingdom and heal the sick. He said, don't load yourself up with equipment. Keep it simple. It has been very complex. And I think that's the reason why we're not getting the result we're looking for. Keep it simple. Look at the next word. I want you to underline that. Unfortunately, if you don't have a message version, you might not have this. He said, you are the equipment. Okay, let me read it again. Let me read it again. He said, he commissioned them to preach the news. Preach just means, okay, and that's another thing. When we hear preach, you think you have to stand at the altar like this. You know, we're going to look into all of that. We're going to replace all of these with some simple, because it's make it simple. Simple word. Okay? But look at what he's saying. Don't load yourself up with equipment. That's what I think the church has done so far. We've loaded people with so much equipment, it becomes so complex, and people say, you know what? I really can't do this, and that's why nobody is doing it. Amen? Don't load yourself with equipment. Why? You are the equipment. You are all that is needed. God don't need all those extra equipment. Do not, that was Jesus. I mean, keep in mind, these are the disciples, the apostles. So when Jesus, after they've been saved, Jesus has called them, Jesus wants to put them in apprenticeship. He's now beginning to train them on the task he has called them to. So he's, they are in school now. This is the mosaic school of reconciliation. Your major in this school is settling relationship. We'll talk about that later. But that's the school every one of us will go through. Jesus called his twelve into this college. And he was in the process now training them on the task at hand. The task of telling everyone what he is doing. So he sent them out. And while he was sending them, he gave specific instruction that the church has neglected. Myself included. Up to now. Do not load yourself with equipment. You are the equipment. You are more than enough for the job. I have loaded you already. Do not load yourself with equipment. Why? All right, we will look at that. And then he went further. And no luxury, luxury inns, get a modest place and be content there until you leave. If you are not welcome, leave town. Don't make a scene. Shrug your shoulders and move on. Commission, they left. They travel from town to town. 
telling the latest news of God, the message, and curing people everywhere they went. Hallelujah. And let me stop there for a pause. And let's, uh, let's, let's pay attention to some of those things that he said here. Don't load yourself, okay? Um, for the most part, why, would, why, why are Christians, us, brothers and sisters, why are we not telling people about what God is doing? I submit to you, one of the reasons will be I probably don't know what God is doing. And we will see it. And second of all, if I did, then I don't know how to. The how to that I've been given, there's a problem. It's, it's, it's too complex. It's just too complex. Let me give you a hint before you, I lose you. In the manufacturing, or not even the manufacturing, I wish I had a place to write or something. Um, if I want to make a circle, just, just track with me for a minute. I don't want to leave you hanging because, you know, I may lose you. If I want to make a circle, right, I can just take my pencil or my pen, and draw, right? Is that circle going to be a, a perfect circle? Probably not. Okay? And if I were to make 10 of those, can you imagine how long it would take to make 10 perfect circles? Okay? What if I change the approach? Instead of struggling to make a perfect circle, supposing I have a template, if I can just create a, one template of a perfect circle, how easy will it be to now make 10 perfect circles? a lot easier. My stress will only be concentrated on constructing that template. As soon, or as soon as I'm able to make that template, my rate of return is going to be unbelievable. Supposing I double the template or I triple it or quadruple, or whatever number you can add. What will happen to my productivity? Unbelievable. In the Old Testament, we're trying to make that perfect circle with the law 
it did not work. Jesus, a master architect, changed strategy. He decided to create a template. He said, if I can just make one template, it will be faster to get to where I'm going. He made a perfect template called Jesus. He said, now I have a perfect template that can make, make a perfect circle. Making many more circles is no longer a problem. All my effort is to be concentrated on making that one perfect template. He already did. He made a perfect template. Then he thought about it. Wait a minute. I have a perfect template. How about if I multiply this template? What will happen to my productivity? He decided to create more templates by using the first template. He decided to multiply many more templates. And he said, if I can do that, then my productivity will increase. So, Jesus, a perfect template, was in the process of multiplying the templates, creating more templates. And that's what he is doing. And he's training them and teaching them so as to make them the perfect template he is. So they can make more templates. And the goal of recovering the entire earth back unto God will be exponential. Can I submit to you that the church has not caught the revelation? The effort should be concentrated on making the template. By hands. If we concentrate on making the perfect template, then telling people what Jesus is doing is going to be an automation. Why? I am the perfect template. Everything he's doing to replicate it will be easy. It's not going to require any equipment. Why? I am already a perfect template. I don't need any equipment. I am already a perfect template. And I can replicate everywhere I go. Can replicate everywhere I go. Can replicate everywhere I go. That's what God is after. Hallelujah. So, so far, he was sending the apprentice. He was trying to create or duplicate that template. You see, when we read Jesus saying, uh, or the scripture saying, as he is, so are we. And all those things don't make sense to us. Why? Because we look at it from the physical and it's just not the same. If it's not Panadol, it cannot be like Panadol. I don't know if you remember. You know what I'm talking about, those of us that are from somewhere. 
cannot do. So when we look at it, we are confused. And that is the goal. That's what God is trying to do. So let's look quickly. Let's look quickly while we're still there to show us how that the church has missed it for so long. Let's use the scripture. When look, let's go down to let's start from I want to make sure we finish this this one. Um oh boy. Okay, let's just jump to 50. Uh, this is, uh, let's jump to 54. Verse 54. I'm going to go back to this at some later time, but let's just see if we can just wrap this up. Then, when the disciples James and John learned of it, they said, Master, do you want us to... Okay, you know this story. Let's go to 53 or 52 or 50. Let's start from 50. Let me give Don't stop him. Let's start from. John and James. Perfect apostles. Why? They are one of the most three powerful apostles during Jesus' era. John spoke up. Master, we saw a man using your name to expel demons and we stopped him because he wasn't of our group. Is that a perfect template? Absolutely not. Jesus said, don't stop him. If he is not an enemy, he is an ally. The father is not in our group. He is not in our home fellowship. He is not in our church. It's not for my race. It doesn't look like me. Doesn't have a color like me. Doesn't speak the way I speak. Why would you stop him? If he is not an enemy, he is an ally. He is casting out demons in Jesus' name. And Apostle John stopped him. And these are the apostles we have relied on for several years to help us accomplish the goal. Holy Ghost filled, tongue talking. If you go back, you will review. He was among the 12 that went to cast out demons. is in school here. He's not done. Let's go. When he came when he came close to the time for his ascension, he gathered up his courage and still was this. Where are we? 51? Oh, let's jump to 54 now. Sorry. When the disciple James and John learned of it, Mr. James and Mr.
with the approach, the understanding that the church has carried on for a very long, long time. There's something fundamentally wrong with our understanding. Even though we're born again, we're apostles, we're preachers, we're pastors. Something is fundamentally wrong with what Jesus is doing. What is Jesus doing? Let's read further in verse 55. Jesus turned on them. Of course not. Are you out of your mind? That will be what I will say. Of course not. That's too light and being gracious. He turned and rebuked them and said, Ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. Jesus gave us an assignment to tell people what he is doing. Apostle John, Apostle James, they were all part of the package. And here, they are calling fire from heaven. Does that resemble, or does that, is, that, is that what Jesus is doing? That's the reason why we need to spend time to understand what Jesus is doing. So that we will be able to know what to tell people. And we're going to spend time to look at those. I want to quickly just let us see a picture. So you don't think it is about you. No. It is a fundamental issue with the church. We are looking for an epiphany for God to take us out of this. And take us into what he wants us to do. What Jesus wants to do. Is to give life. Unto every man and on every woman. What Jesus wants to do. Is to settle relationship. What Jesus wants to do is to give salvation. What he is doing is about life giving. Not about killing. Let's stand on our feet. We're going to continue as God, as God will give us the opportunity. But I'm, I'm just, you know, hoping that this will prepare the ground to help us understand that there is more to what God has called us to than we learn so far. Will you talk to God this morning? You've seen yourself, you are Apostle John, or you are Apostle James. If you are there, I want you to talk to God. I just say, Lord, help me. You are not lost because you are an apostle. You are saved already. You are born again. God just needs to enroll you in that college where you will learn what he is doing so that you can tell others about it. You need an understanding of what he is doing. You need a comprehension of what he is doing because that will affect the way you conduct yourself everywhere you go. Everything you do. It doesn't matter what you are. Keep in mind, you, you are the equipment. It is not your degree. It is not your, your portfolio. It is not your... No, 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 no. You 
have the equipment. And when Jesus is finished making you a perfect template, everything will change around us, beginning from your home, beginning from your place of work, beginning from your community. You are the perfect instrument. You are the equipment God is looking for. It's all about you. I want you to talk to God this morning. Talk to God. Talk to God that the epiphany of the word of God will come unto you, that you will understand what Jesus is doing. What exactly has he called you unto? Why are you born again? And if you are not born again, it is not too late. You have the opportunity today.